0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. basic like coming of age young adult film and book of a young girl who's kind of thrown into this world you know the basics of like an outsider here's a young girl and me myself being alternative um you you kind of understand this is coming from the viewpoint of somebody who's very much on the outside being pushed into a world she's not necessarily comfortable nor enjoys being in so In between my sort of takes on this film, I will be discussing a couple of the aspects of this film between the book and the movie, so let's get started, shall we? So, first, the opening of the film plays Kings of Leon's Knocked Up, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I did, because this is like also during that time when Kings of Leon is just now starting to make a name for themselves. They're starting to get a little bit bigger, and I just really enjoy the band, so that was kind of like a a bit of like oh my god. Yeah, they're playing Kings of Leon, all right. So, initially Corby's mother, so Corby is sort of Bliss's main like antagonist in the film. She's not necessarily involved in the book as much. And her role is kind of there as just like, oh, here you have the alternative girl and here's the sort of stereotypical cheerleader with her football boyfriend. They used to be friends, but now they're not friends because she feels like she's too good for her. That whole trope that you see in these teenage movies as well. So uh, in the book, though, Corby's mother wasn't that much of a mainstay in the film. In the book, it seemed like both mothers were in competition with each other because Bliss's mother, Brooke, um, used to be involved in pageants with Corby's mother. So they would, like, compete against one another for years and years in the pageant circuit in Bodine. And it kind of gave off, like, this sort of, like, air of, like, oh, my daughter's going to beat your daughter. There's very much some elements of, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go see it. I found it just very interesting. The, I want to say 1999 or 1998, this film called Drop Dead Gorgeous, because I feel like this movie and this book is a combination of Drop Dead Gorgeous meets Juno, but, like, the attitude of the main protagonist is very much Juno as opposed to Drop Dead Gorgeous, where the main character's whole Thing was, she wanted to do beauty pageants as opposed to Bliss's character, so I found that interesting. Uh, in the book, it is not discussed what Brooke, aka Bliss's mom, does for work. In the film, she's a male woman, they don't really delve into uh, what profession her mother is in. Uh, Shania, aka Sweet Pea, Bliss's little sister, is four years old in the fi- in the book, but in the film, she looks about to be between the ages of five and seven, and just like. She's portrayed in the film just like she's portrayed in the book, though. She's very much like you know. She's kind of seems like the predecessor of it. She seems more open to the idea of being in beauty pageants as opposed to Bliss, who's very much against it. One thing that I find find very fascinating is Bliss's dialogue in the film is not as snappy and colorful. So Elliot Page, who plays uh, Bliss Cavendish so this is like pre 2000 this is like 2009 current events have changed um plays the character almost as a very timid like timid wallflower of a teenager very soft spoken as opposed to the feisty book bliss so like reading this it's very much it's very much bliss is bliss's tone throughout the book is very much that of your typical 16-year-old teenager, you know, she's very snappy, she's confrontational, she's very angsty, not so much confrontational, but she's very much like internal monologue, she's processing everything, and to her, everyone else is like the the outsider, everyone else is sort of, everyone else is like following this pattern of like, why are we doing these pageants, this pageant is stupid, everything's fucking stupid, um, it's very much that. Uh, it's very much the I hate everyone and everything seems stupid to me mentality. Which is interesting because it, it, it it's interesting from the tone of voice. Because it's very like Diablo Cody, if you will. Because I know this film is going to get a lot of comparisons to Juno. Obviously with Elliot play, Page playing both of the main protagonists in these movies. Um, I feel like the dialogue is a lot less wittier and snappier and sarcastic. And there's not that much of it because I feel as though this was kind of, like, the Bliss in this, in the movie, kind of didn't have, like, she didn't have teeth. She didn't have fire as opposed to the book. So, Bliss in the book had to be 18 to join the roller derby league. In the movie, she has to be 21, which is interesting. Um, as, as far as, like, the age difference goes, um, because in the film, she's only, like, in the film, she's only 17, and she has to pretend to be a 21-year-old, as opposed into the book, where she's 16, pretending to be 18 to join the league. It's not that much of a difference, but I kind of do feel like it does make it a little bit different as far as, like, the other female roller derby girls that are concerned in this. So, Some characters like Rosa Sparks and the hearing impaired Manson sisters were added to the film. Malice in Wonderland is changed to Maggie Mayhem and made into a single mother as opposed to a college student. So in the film, that's another thing I was talking about, about my previous point. In the film, all these women seem like they're either single mothers. Most of them seem like they are college age and a big majority of them seem like they are like either in their late 20s to early 30s. As opposed into the, in the book, I, I, trust me, I will tend to get very confused by which, I know which one I'm talking about, but my brain is like, say book, say book, say film. So it's very interesting because like a lot of the girls, the women in the book, they're all in their early 20s. They're all college age. They don't have kids. They don't have any major responsibilities. And I feel like that sort of gave it even more of a, sort of aspirational thing for Bliss because here she is growing up in this town and she doesn't really have that many like female role models or they're not as discussed as openly there's no real like women Bliss is around that she aspires to be like there's her mother but her mother she does not can like you get the sense that she loves her mother it's just so much the difference of The difference is, like, there's a difference between loving your family and liking your family. Bliss may love her family, but I don't think she actually likes her family. Like, she doesn't really... In the book, you can definitely see that she is definitely pushing this sort of, like, dissociation of you are Brooke and you are Earl and I am Bliss. This is what I am into... This small town will not be into what I am into. It's very much big fish in a little pond. Sort of her temperament as far as like going back and you see these women like, um, you see like Malice in Wonderland, you see uh Dynamite, you see all these other like Eva Destruction, Crystal Death, all these young women that she aspires to be like because they have tattoos. They don't necessarily fit this, like, stereotypical Christian image of these people that blisses around every day. Here she sees these girls, they have tattoos, they have multicolored hair, they have these jobs, they're not necessarily, like, they're very, very indie rock. They're very punk rock. So, I found that very, like, a big contrast. Uh, Most of the female roly derby ages have changed, like I said before, so I'm gonna skip over that, I already talked about that. Uh, the character Dynamite's name is changed to Iron Maven, so that was another big change in the film. Um, the antagonist in the book's name is Dynamite, as opposed to Iron Maven, who's in the film, played by Juliette Lewis, who was actually 36 when she played her role, which she does mention, her, which her character mis- mentioned, saying that like she was 31 when she started Roller Derby. She's now 36. Because she's very, very apprehensive and very like skeptical of bliss because of bliss's natural ability to be able to pick up roller derby at a very fast rate and she finds her very intimidating and is very much like oh this is like there's a corby everywhere but this one is older than me and skeptical of me so there's that uh most of the film portrays the most the more important aspects of the book uh there is, like, there's some side information going on in the book. Not necessarily... Well, there's not that much of a major... Like, they do get the major aspects of the film in the book. So there's, like, no missing scenes. There's nothing really... There's no real aspects of it. I mean, aside from, like, in the film when Bliss loses her virginity to Oliver, um, it's like they go to this place where there's a pool and it's abandoned and they she goes there as opposed in the film, she ends up going over to his place and she loses her virginity to him there. But other than that, the premise is still pretty much the same. It's just which venue that happens is completely different. So I do want to discuss the age difference between like Oliver and Bliss. So like I said, in both the film in the film she's 17. In the book she's 16. Now In the book, they do mention that Oliver is 22 years old. So, now, there is no huge difference between Bliss's age in the film versus the uh, book. In the book, she's 16. In the film, she's 17. I already said that. Uh, I can't say the same about his age in the film, because they don't really discuss how old Oliver is, but I'm going to assume that he's 22 in the film. So... I know, because, like, immediately, like, red flags were going going off immediately. But the thing is, I don't think in the book and in the film, Oliver realizes that she's underage. So, there's that. So, I'm just, okay. Uh, The descent of Pash's and Bliss's friendship is different. So, in the book, Bliss blows off Pash after the police raid uh, they raid the dollhouse, the warehouse where they hold these derby rallies. So they raid and she ditches her at the park, at the party. Um, Bliss also forgets about their class project collage and causes problems. And that causes problems with Pash's GPA. While in the film, it's Pash being arrested that causes friction between them. So in the book, Um, you can already see, like, this is, I don't want to keep saying, like, stereotypical, but you, everyone has seen this trope. Like, here's the girl who's finding herself in these, like, these, alt these alternative ways and everything like that. She finds a guy that she's really into, and then all of a sudden, she starts making these new friends, and then the old friends feel kind of abandoned. Like, dude, we were with you in the beginning, or dude, you, we were with you before you met her or we were, dude, we were with you before she, you met him, or whatever, and you feel like you're kind of, like, alienating your original friends, just because you're finally getting this, um, opportunity to finally live out your dream with people you feel like you relate more to. Meanwhile, Pash has kind of been there for you and with you through this whole entire journey. So, like, Their descent is a bit different. See, there was no arrest in the film. It's just the place got raided. She ends up going off with... The place ends up getting raided. She goes off with Oliver while Pash is kind of there by herself. She's, like, trying to figure out where she was. She was trying to text her, and she didn't receive the text or whatever. So that makes her upset, as well as the fact that they do a lot more of an emphasis on the importance of Pash's grades because Pash is, she's a straight A student. She has a really high GPA. She's very smart. And like, she wants to get into Ivy League schools because she also wants to get out of Bodine, Texas, the same way um, Bliss does. So she has a goal in mind, but it's her negligence of their school project. It's her negligence of her, like, being there for her that causes her to be like, you know what, screw you, you're a horrible friend, you're a shitty friend, and I don't want to talk to you anymore. As opposed to, um, Pash getting caught with a open container of liquor and she's underage, so she gets arrested by the cops while Oliver kind of sneaks away with Bliss in the movie. And actually... The, that also leads into, that also leads into how Bliss's parents find out that she's doing roller derby. So in the film, Pash getting arrested because Pash and Bliss have been going back and forth to these roller derby events, and they've been each other's alibis for this period of time. But since Pash gets arrested in the film. This ultimately leads to Pasha's parents calling Bliss's parents at 3 a.m. While she's out with Oliver, losing her virginity to Oliver, Pasha's parents end up calling and finding out, like, oh, our daughter is not actually with um, where she said she was. She's actually been with... She's actually been to these roller derby events in Austin, Texas, without us knowing. Bliss get. And then that's how Bliss's parents end up finding out because they get a call from Pasha's parents. Now, in the book, Blit, so in the book, Brooke ends up cleaning up Bliss's room and ultimately finds her roller skates, finds the poster with her on it, basically saying um, she's been doing this instead because she's been lying to her parents, actually. She's been saying like, oh, I've been taking these roller derby lessons. That is the reason why I have not been here Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've actually been going to Austin, Texas doing roller derby and I'm underage as well. So that leads to this whole big like fight between her and her mother as well as her father. And she ultimately runs away and goes and lives with um, Malice in Wonderland, a.k.a. Maggie Mayhem. So uh, there's that. I found it interesting that in the book, Bliss calling her parents by their first name seemed off to me because normally, I like I don't know. It just seemed a bit off to me to see this teenager basically refer to her parents by their first name. Not to say it's not normal, but it just seemed like a little bit off to me because for me, for some strange reason, I felt like she was just trying to dissociate them. So not calling them by her parental figures, like a mom or dad. Kind of seemed a little bit off and plus on top of that the book opens with her talking about like how she feels like her real parents are out there and they and then that she was adopted by Earl and Brooke which is not the case at all. They're her biological parents but I just felt like there was a little bit of dissociation going on in there because she feels like she doesn't fit in. So, the way Brooke comes to accept Bliss in the world of roller derby is slightly different. Yes, Earl talks her into it, but Brooke goes up to Bliss in the book and tells her it's okay by giving her her roller skates and ultimately uh, they all jump in the van or jump in the car and they abandon the Miss Blue Bonnet pageant and go to the championship. Um, In the film, Earl tells her it's okay and Brooke shows up to the championship. So, in the film... Brooke is still a little bit hesitant about her giving up this, but, you know, Earl is like, look, this is something that makes her happy. This is something that she actually enjoys doing. I know you want the best for her, but I'd rather my child like doing what she wants to do than not being able to do what makes her happy. So Brooke is still a little bit hesitant. She doesn't ultimately go with them in the beginning, but she ends up coming to the championship game And she sees, like, Bliss, and she's having fun. She's enjoying herself. And, yes, she's a bit out of her element because, once again, there's this very big emphasis that Bodine, Texas is, like, a very small town. It's a very country town. It's very, like, filled with hillbillies and hicks and everything like that. And, like, even in the book, Bliss kind of compares it, like, if um, New York is the center of cool, then New York... Austin, Texas is basically the, the closest thing they're going to get to, like, New York City because Austin, Texas, room, even what I've heard, Austin, Texas is a little bit more progressive than Bodine, Texas. So there's that. But, yeah, Bliss um, finally gets approval from her mother as well as, like, her parents. Um, Earl, I feel like, is a little bit more warmed up to it because I feel as though for him having two girls... He kind of does, like, you know, every father would love to be uh, parents of, like, whether a girl or a boy, but I feel like there's, like, this, like, sense of pride, especially in a town like Texas where football is such a huge thing and the fact that he only has two daughters, but the closest he gets is to Bliss being in roller derby. And you even see that in the film because um, there are two moments where Earl is, like, he there is like two moments where Earl is like, um, like, dang, I don't have a son to throw a football with. And then at, towards the end of the movie, you see that like you have the, his neighbor and he has a sign with his son's like football jersey numbers. And then he finally gets to put up a sign and it's his daughter's like roller derby number as well as her roller derby name in the Texas Roller Derby League. So I feel like he was a little bit more open to it. So in the film, the Hurl Scouts lose the championship, but in the book, the Hurl Scouts actually beat the Holy Rollers, which is another interesting thing. Um, I feel as though the only major, the only difference being is that I feel in the film, um, it, it them losing is like them losing gracefully. And then it also ultimately leads to, like, Iron Maven having respect for Bliss and what she's doing and everything and finally coming to accept her. As opposed to in the book where I feel like they win the championship and I don't... I I can't remember because I finished this book and I watched the movie yesterday. Actually, I, I finished the book on Friday and I finished the movie on Friday as well. But I feel as though, um... I feel as though Dynamite doesn't really still accept her. She kind of, like, moves off or whatever. She's not talked about towards the end, so I can't remember if she's... Like, if she ended up, like, having respect for her at the end, so I don't remember that. So, also, the way Oliver and Bliss break up. So, in the film... In the book... In the book... Oliver tells Bliss that he's going on tour with his bands because he's in a band um he's going on tour and he'll be gone for three weeks and obviously this is just very devastating because this is Bliss's actual first love so she feels a very very warm kinship and this is her first relationship this is her first like love and everything like she gives everything to him literally and figuratively so she um is a little bit apprehensive, but she understands like this is going to be something that is, you know, really cool for him. Now, mind you, also in the book, when Malice finds out that Bliss is dating Oliver, she is very much against it in the beginning because she's like, never date a boy in a band. Never date a guy in a band. So this was the first thing. Now, Bliss wanted to make it seem like, oh, no, Oliver's not like that. He's not like those guys that you've dated in the past. Kind of trying to prove her wrong that Oliver is a pretty stand-up guy. He's, you know, he seems sweet. So, Bliss, one day, after everything that has happened, the, uh, the her parents finding out, her getting kicked out, um, Pash not talking to her anymore, Um, she ultimately gets the third kill shot, if you will. To her pride. So while cruising on MySpace, that'll be one that dates a lot of you because remember, this book is written in 2007. MySpace is still a thing. So while cruising on MySpace for the band's webpage because they're updating um, information about their tour and everything, she notices in in the book that not only is there a picture of Oliver there, but he's also hugged up on another girl excuse me, she's hugged up, he's hugged up on another girl who's also wearing the Striper t-shirt that she gave him because that is her, like, that's, like, her prized possession because it's, she finds it very ironic and everything because it was actually her mother's Striper t-shirt as well, and for those of you who don't know who Striper is, Striper is a Christian heavy metal band from the 80s, so, um... So she notices this, and not only that, but they're also making out near the van. So that ultimately just devastates the holy hell out of Bliss because it's like, I, I, she. this is her first love. This is somebody she actually felt a genuine connection with and he cheats on her while on the road. So that was the way that she finds out in the book. Now in the film, it's pretty much the same thing, but they don't, she doesn't see, they're not making out, but it's still like, who's the blonde girl? who has my striper shirt that I gave you and they're holding a beer and they're hugged up and she this both of the both of the endings of these scenes and moments all basically end the same way she ends up back home uh eating some food out of her mother's fridge basically and then she she eventually like makes up with her parents and everything because it's like This is, like, way more devastating than them not agreeing to her doing roller derby or, like, her, this is, like, more than that. This is, like, this is your daughter just had her first heartbreak. So, there's that. So, Oliver goes up to Bliss to try and pick up where they left off. She kisses him, then, so, in the film, she kisses him, like, goodbye, then slaps him and walks off. Basically saying, I would have called. You never called me while you were on the road. You said you were going to call me. When I needed you most, you weren't there. She would have called. So she leaves. In the book, Bliss walks away and Oliver is then confronted by the Hurl Scouts. Because once again, it's like we put, a, we 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 told her not to date you, but she dated you anyway. So now we got to, it's not clear whether they kicked his ass or not, but basically one of them drops the line, like, don't mess with a girl on skates. Don't mess with a girl on skates. So, yeah. So this one's a small one, but Oliver in the film is the lead singer in his band, The Stats. In the book, he's just the bass player. So Adam Baum, the announcer for the events, is replaced by Jimmy Fallon's Johnny Rocket, which it it was hilarious. Seeing, like, Jimmy Fallon play this, like, sort of, like, he he's kind of sleazy cuz they call him um Johnny Hot Tub or something like that but in the film Hot Tub Johnny is what they call him. He's Hot Tub Johnny because he has a hot tub and it the name is like Johnny Rocket. But he um it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh I feel so Another key thing, uh, Brooke's main problem, I feel, in the film came off to me was that she didn't want Bliss to waste her time doing something so unsure. So, in the film, pretty much, the I feel like in the film, Marcia Gay Harden, and here's the crazy thing, like, when they had Marsha Gay Harden playing Brooke in the film, I don't know why, but I always kind of pictured, like, Brooke was this, like, the blunt, the stereotypical, like, Blonde-haired, like, high-screechy, like, heavily made up Like, I, I don't know why, but that's how I pictured Brooke in the... Like, that's how I pictured Brooke if they were to do a movie of it. But that's the visual I was getting. But it was very much more of the sort of, like, gym gymnast moms and Stick It. Where, it, like... And to be honest with you, to be fair, it was in Texas as well. So, I... Should have seen that correlation there, cause like, in the in the um in the movie Stick It, the main character's mother, dark hair, her parents are divorced, her mom was like cheating on her dad with her coach and everything, so there was that. But I don't know why it just it just in my film it it just in my head. I was picturing like a blonder, like more the the stereotypical like Texas housewife, but that's just me. But yeah, I feel like. She just didn't want her involved in anything that she deemed, like, I don't know. Because, like, in the film, she, while they're doing the confrontation, Bliss's character is, like, I am not going to be able to fit in into this 1950s, like, version of womanhood that you want me to be. The the sort of, like, perfect prim, all this. And I I feel like her character in the film was more about, like, you have to do this, you have to do that. Like, I I didn't want you doing something so unsure or some. It, it just felt like the, the the motivation as to why they didn't want her doing this kind of, I don't know, it wasn't clicking for me. It legit was not clicking for me for some strange reason, as opposed to her being against it because it was out of the norm. So I feel like, that was one of the reasons like she want she didn't want her to do it because she felt it was abnormal for her 16 year old daughter to be involved in like roller derby because it just seems so unladylike. But in the end, whether it was the film or the book, roller derby not being seen as normal uh, for this small town in Texas, like the fact that you have these tab- like this is a small town in Texas. Everybody knows about the Bible Belt in the South. Women are seen in a very different light. But anywhere else, it's pretty much like... It's okay for, like, these women to be tattooed and, like, foul-mouthed. And, like, be drinking and just out here acting, quote-unquote, or air quotes, wild. But for her mother, I feel like her biggest thing in the film was, like, she just didn't want her, like, wasting her time on something... But to Bliss, it just like she just wanted to be able to, for once, like feel like she wasn't a freak or feel like she wasn't weird or anything like that. So I feel like the motivations are a bit different, but they kind of feel a little bit lo- like lacking, in my opinion. So my lasting thoughts about the film versus the book. Uh, I think we are all in agreement when it comes to the discussion of film versus book. The book is always better. The book is always better. Overall, I feel like the tone and the voice of the book was not utilized in the movie. So, like, throughout the whole book, it's just Bliss's take on the events that are happening around her. She's very self-aware. She's very aware of how she fucks up in certain situations with Pash, with her mother, with her father, and how she handles everything. She's very self-aware of that. Like, even, even the moment that I found heartwarming... In the book, when they do the pageant, because this is after they go to the the very first party, after the roller derby event, and they go to, like, the, the luncheon. It's the, basically kind of like a father... It's like the mother-daughter luncheon for the pageant. And Bliss and her mother are standing, and they are looking at the crown because her mother is a former Miss Blue Bonnet um, pageant winner. And she she finally, you know for the first time they're not snapping at one another um, or she's not being like so like against what her mother is trying to do and push her into. She has this moment of like, damn, I kind of feel bad because like for her, this is like her peak moment. And to look at her now is just kind of sad because she, she only had this one glaring moment of like, like happiness, if you will. Like, To her, I feel like when Bliss saw this, it was like, damn, this is the only moment of, like, where she felt like she was worthy of something. Like, she felt like she did something right. As opposed to being, like, you know, the parental figure and everything. Like, for her, being this young and being, like, having this win for her felt huge for her. And it kind of made Bliss feel bad because it's like, damn, like, is this really all that you, like hold on to like this is it this is it for you nothing else brings you joy but this and and it delves into that sort of mentality of pageant moms like them living through their children so other than that like you kind of see a small glimpse of it in the film but I feel like their heart-to-heart warming moment. And it made me cry, I'm not gonna lie, this this film did make me cry at one point. But it was like when Bliss was working on her speech for the pageant, if she won. Because, to be honest with you, Bliss does have the pedigree. And she in the book, it's very much emphasized, like, if Bliss wanted to, she could have won. Because Corby was a little bit threatened because Bliss could have won if she wanted to. But Bliss didn't want to. But in the film... Um, in the film, towards the end, because when they're on their way to the championship, Bliss in her last act of, like, you know, kindness, um, and she's very kind in the film, just very timid. She ends up giving her, her, um, designer-owned, not designer, but it was, like, made by a designer in their town, and she decides to give it to another girl who won second place in the pageant, and she also has the speech, and in the speech, she talks about how, um, She's proud to be, she's very proud of her mother. Like the thing that's more important to her than winning the pageant is the fact that her mom is proud of her. And it it made me cry because it was just, oh, it was so sweet. But um, I, I did find it interesting that most of Bliss's voice, like her tone of voice, the way she was describing everything, was not utilized more in the film. Which is surprising seeing as how the author of the book was the screenwriter for the film. So I thought tonally they would have had those aspects to it. But it was it was pretty much the indie movie vibe. Like you kind of catch this like if you're scrolling on TV and you find it and you watch it, it. It's one of those easy digestible movies that, you know, it's kind of in the middle of the pack. The acting is kind of there. Even with like women like Kristen Wig and Drew Barrymore, um, Eve, uh, Juliette Lewis that are in the film, Marsha Gay Harden and everything, it, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. So whereas the book tonally gave Bliss a lot of character and fire, in, in my opinion, it, the book really does give off the vibe of, you know, the point of view of a 16-year-old girl going through her first love, going through her first heartbreak. Going through like what it's like to live with parents who you feel don't understand you. So, um, also, no offense to Elliot Page's portrayal of Bliss, but I felt like his acting during this time was seemingly typecast as awkward alternative teenager. Because in his portrayal of Juno, like it, it's it, I found it like similar to like Michael Sarah's roles in his early set of his career him in Superbad and in, like, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and, like, in Juno in these films, he's very much kind of typecast as, like, this awkward alternative teenager who doesn't necessarily fit in. He's very lanky, very thin, and very quiet and unassuming. So, um... So, and what I found also very interesting is... (laughs) I don't know what it is about actors playing, especially these young ones. Like you have these early young actors in the beginning of their careers and they're supposed to be playing teenagers. And it's like Elliot was like 22 playing a 17 year old during this time. And when watching the film, even though I was halfway through the book, I felt the film was dragging, but the but moving quickly through major plot points uh, from the book. The film was decent. I did tear up, like I said before, uh, but something felt off as far as the acting to me. Like, it just, I get it, the film was supposed to be a comedy drama, but it just felt like it was like, meh, at the end. But it is a sweet film. The book was an easy read. There are very short chapters. There's no, like, table of context or anything like that. Um, It's very enjoyable. It's a quick read. It's only, like, 234 pages. Uh, Both were good and definitely products of their time, the book especially, because there's very much this sort of tone of voice. This is 2007, so it's not... 2007. So it's not... So it's very much not a film that is, like, dare I say warm and kind to females in the book because there's very much like the the is very much name calling is like all the name calling and everything else in the film um and not in the film but in the book uh there's a lot of like it's very much a product of like 2007 as far as like women's politics not even women's politics but just general like girls supporting girls if you will But overall, it was, um, it was an easy read. It was an easy watch. It was, it was pretty decent. I give it like three stars just for the, uh, just for the badassery tone alone. That is roller derby. So, um, I, it's kind of hard to find a watch. It's kind of hard to like try and nail down where to watch this movie. I ended up getting, I checked out the book at my local library as well as the book. Because I was always interested in seeing this film because I had never seen this film. I've seen Juno millions of times, but I have yet to see, like, I have yet to have seen this film until now. And I gotta gotta say, it's it's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. I wish it had, like, a little bit more, like, fire to the characters. But it is what it is. It does its job. So, um, the soundtrack was pretty decent as well. There's a lot of, like, indie rock in here. As for this time and for this type of movie. Um, like I said, there was um, Kings of Leon in here. Uh, Peaches was on here. Um, the Breeders, uh, Dolly Parton, Jolene is on here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very eclectic mix of different like indie bands, punk bands, uh, rock bands, and all that fun stuff. So yeah, if you have the time, go check it out. See what your thoughts are. Let me know if you like the film, if you like the movie film it's the same thing (laughs) if you like the film if you like the book whichever uh just let me know you know um so yeah that about wraps it up as far as my take on the movie and film i keep saying movie and film instead of saying book and film uh that is my taste on the book and the film so uh let's wrap this up so You can all find me on Instagram and Twitter. If you don't know my Instagram and Twitter at this point, shame on you. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It is roll underscore martyr underscore X, like the hurt song. You can find me there on Twitter and Instagram. I am going to start recording these episodes and putting them out every Thursday, so I'm going to try and put out episodes on a weekly basis. Um... Try and be a little bit more consistent, trying to put out a lot more content out there, trying to raise this up because I really, really, truly love doing this and I have a lot of fun doing the research. Um, I have like two more episodes before this episode recorded, so I'm trying to put some content out there. Be consistent, do this on a regular basis because uh, my schedule is now a little bit more lax, so I do have the time and energy to put forth into this. So you can... If you would like to, like, leave a voice message, that link is in the description. If you want to just shout me out on Instagram, shout me out on Twitter. Um, I am so appreciative of all the constant support and all the listens that I get about these episodes. I'm just here trying to bring an alternative view to stuff I enjoy and stuff I like that you normally wouldn't hear from somebody like me and my perspective on things. Because these are things I care about. These are things I enjoy listening to, watching. Um, reacting to and everything as such so you can catch me on the next episode my name has been Brittany and this has been the status alternative podcast and I'll catch all you all later bye bye